You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Another episode of the Live Different Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are here with my friend and repeat podcast guest, Rajiv Nathan. Raj is an entrepreneur, a yoga teacher, and a rapper, and we are going to talk about some cool stuff. Today, we're going to talk about strategies to be more mindful, how you can let go of your ego, and how you can sell yourself authentically. If you're not quite sure how all of those three things are going to connect, we are going to weave them together in a nice little puzzle for you. And uh, here we go, Raj, what's happening? Yo, my man. I feel like this will, this will be the most interesting of all the times that we've done this podcast. But uh, I, I, part of me feels like it's just going to be me complaining for like an hour, but hopefully not. Well, I, uh, I hope not. I had a lot to complain about earlier. Uh, I try not to complain as much as possible, but sometimes you just have one of those days. It's Friday. I had a lot going on. Uh, my last meeting ran over, and uh, we didn't have too many technical difficulties, so I'm pumped to have you on. All right. Good. Good. Technology for the win. Excellent. And as everybody knows, uh, as the viewer base grows, we can definitely answer questions, uh, say hello, drop this a like. That would be appreciated. We'll try to shout you out if you're, if you're watching or asking questions. We've got Yutha. Coming in from Connecticut, we got Jonathan from Costa Rica coming. We got Jason Heller here in Costa Rica. Uh, we've got Kelsey coming, Mount Gonzalez from Costa Rica, Anthony Sal uh, Saladino from New York. We got uh, Mirnes coming from, well, he's South African. I can't remember where he's coming in. Somewhere in Europe, Diego Vargas. I feel There's like this is like the end of a rap in, song. So. We were like, shout out to my homie. Shout out to Diego. Wait. Shout out to Jonathan. <laughs> Can you shout some people out? Because you actually are a rapper. And uh, yeah. when Daniel DiPiazza did it, he was way cooler than I could yo. pull it off. Yo, yo, yo. Shout out to my homie Sagar watching all the way from, I think, somewhere on the East Coast. But potentially, he might be in Chicago this weekend. Shout out to my homegirl, Nikki Lewicki, fellow yoga instructor. Shout out to Andra Roxana. I know you all the way from Central Eastern Europe, but now you live in Chicago. Shout out to my cousin, Joseph Gopal. Shout out to my mom, who's watching this, apparently. Yo, we out yet? No, wait, the podcast is just starting. We starting. Uh, that was magical. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that, uh, Raj. If people haven't listened to your other podcast that you have done uh, on the Live Different podcast, or I've been on yours, uh, we always seem to pull together something interesting. And uh, can you tell people a little bit more about yourself who might not know anything about you? Oh, man. Man, I've been on this podcast a few times. I have no expectation that anyone's listened to the previous episodes. So uh, that said, um, who is Raj Nathan? Raj Nation, if you will. <laughs> um, really, my life boils down to just like this constant pursuit of expression um, and, ex and finding expression in myself and others through storytelling. Um, and that's why, like, you know, you introduced me as like the entrepreneur, the yoga instructor, the rapper, and I have my own podcast, too. Literally, like, that's all just different forms of storytelling in the name of expression. And, you know, that's me at the end of the day. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, we, we did a whole podcast on your pursuit of expression. I believe on mine, I can link this up in the show notes that are found on under30experiences.com slash 
blog, but let's uh, let's get into a little bit more about the topic of mindfulness and letting go your ego. Uh, Raj, what do you do when you're having a bad day? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so this is interesting timing because I felt like last month was, let's see here, February would have been last month, and I felt like it was like kind of like my worst month just like business-wise, um, and yeah, I just didn't feel like all that great about what I was doing business-wise. And I, March has been much better. We're in like halfway through March from now and it's been better. And I realized like a week or 10 days into March, like all through February, like in the last three years, I'd say this past February was the month that I did, I exercised less than I, than I have in the last three years and meditated less than I have in the last three years. And then and to give you context, like I try and meditate every day. I usually am not great on like both weekend days, but I'm usually looking at like five to six days a week of meditation as well as doing yoga or like a HIIT workout four to five times a week. And in February, I think I probably worked out a total of nine or 10 days and probably meditated seven or eight days. And... I mean, I don't think it's like coincidence. It also was like the month I felt like just kind of like crappy about where my business was at. And then March rolled around and like nine, 10 days in, I had meditated and done yoga or hit workout every day. And I feel great about myself personally, but then also I just feel really good too about my business. So what changed? It might just be like a calendar thing. Um, Perhaps it got a little bit sunnier in Chicago and a little less crappy, like when March 1st hit. Oh, no, there I go on the camera. <laughs> um, but I think, so sometimes I have these, like, funks, with, specifically with yoga. It'll happen, like, twice a year where I'm just kind of like, I don't want to do this. Like, not, not necessarily, not, I don't mean teach it. I just, like, I don't, when I go to practice, I'm like, eh, I'm just not feeling it. I don't like this. Um, and that's, I don't, like, think that's a bad thing or anything and i'm not worried like oh my god i'm gonna never gonna like yoga again but i just sometimes like i'd say probably once or twice a year just go through these little phases where i'm like i don't want to come to the studio and practice i feel like i'm like forcing myself to go and i don't really like care to care to do this right now um and when that's happening then i'm like okay well i don't feel like practicing the ability to get lazy is so much easier if i'm like ah, i don't really want to go okay i guess i won't go and then i'm like okay i guess i'm not gonna do a workout at all so I think that funk kind of hit. And then I honestly, I can't say with certainty, like here's what happened. And that's why now I feel better and why I feel better about my, my company. I feel better about my health and everything and my mental state. But I probably, something just happened where I came out of the funk and I, and you know what, maybe it was the fact that I started trying some of those uh, hit the interval training workouts. And I was like, Oh, like I need something else to complement yoga just to like, do a different kind of exercise. And I did two or three of those in February and those felt pretty good. So maybe it was the fact that I just switched up my routine and know that like I have a second thing I can go to workout wise if I want to. Okay. So everybody can relate. I can relate. I mean, yeah, everybody goes through a funk sometimes. Um, but specifically I'm going to keep digging here on, all right. Did you sit down and you say, all right, I got to change things up or, Maybe you didn't think it through 
that much? How do you get yourself out of a funk? Or maybe did you cognitively use a strategy or did you just kind of say, well, fuck it, February <laughs> sucks. Uh, I'm just going to wait till March and then I'll get my shit back together. Tell me about that. Probably more like the latter, but not in that exact fashion. It, well, it wasn't like February sucks and then in March things will change. I think it was more like March hit and I was like, why don't I just treat things differently now? I didn't like go into March anticipating a change. I think when March happened, I was just like, yeah, okay. Why don't I like, I knew when I got to the end of February, I was like, wait, I haven't like meditated at all this month. So I was like, okay, let me just change that and stop fooling myself into thinking I'm like too busy. Cause that was a lot of what happened too. I was like, no, like, I need to do this, this and this for my company. So didn't get to do the meditation in the morning, which is when I meditate. So screw it. It's just not going to happen today. But then that just like adds up and adds up and adds up. So I think what, like what changed for me was I was like, no, let me just prioritize this now. Let me stop saying I'm too busy, which I hate the busy word. I hate the word busy to begin with. Um, but let me stop telling myself that I don't have time to do this thing that only takes 17 minutes out of my day. And I can probably push everything by 17 minutes, especially because I tend to wake up a little bit earlier than most people. Uh, I'm probably okay <laughs> with, with taking 17 minutes out of my morning and doing something for me. And that kind of comes back to the whole like larger philosophy I've tried to live by over the last three-ish years since I, I think the last time I was employed was end of 2014, wow, four years now, end of 2014, um, where when I was working at that company, I got to a point where like I was so reflexive with my day, meaning I would wake up and the first thing I would do is check email on my phone. And I it literally kind of be like, you know, like you, you roll out of bed, you turn off the alarm clock and then you just like, walk, like lay, laying on one ear on one cheek, you start looking at your phone and looking at all these work emails you have. And what was crazy at that time was I was like responding to some of those emails and then I'd get to work and have no recollection of the fact that I said, it, it was almost like I thought it was a dream that I had. <laughs> now the emails were coherent, <laughs> but. I would get to work and like look in like my outbox and be like, Oh, that happened. Huh? Cause it's like those first five minutes when you're still fuzzy headed. So like, again, like that's how like, so getting away from that is like when I left that job, I was like, I don't want to be reflexive or reactive to my day anymore. And that was where the whole idea of like, let me, you know, if I'm going to do entrepreneurship, let me do it my way and do it in a way where I can take care of myself first and be proactive to the day instead of reactive. So that's where like, you know, most days I'm not, my phone goes on do not disturb automatically from 11 PM to 9 AM. Um, and I try to do in most days, I don't look at my email before 9 AM. So if I start working before nine, which I usually do, I can get the things I want done first before anyone else can, you know, before anything else. And I think I just kind of meandered from that over the last month. And it's easy for a couple of things to add up and then be like, oh, wait, I'm too busy. Like, okay, let me just push this to the side. And then a day becomes two days, becomes five days, becomes, oh, geez, becomes I don't want to do this thing anymore that I liked. Uh, in this case, being like meditation and yoga. So, yeah, I, I, that's, that's my long, long answer to just like I meandered from the way I've been like trying to set, start my days 
And I just, I guess the month changed and I was like, okay, let me get back on track. Cause I know I don't want to like feel shitty. <laughs> okay. So we're all not trying to feel shitty out there. And uh, I'm guessing that the majority of people who are watching or listening probably do have somebody to answer to, or do have a, a, bo a boss or Yutha says, doesn't everyone check email? when they wake up uh probably yeah just about everybody but how do you how do you set those proper boundaries whether you're working for yourself or you're not working for yourself because you know if somebody's out there tells me oh i i have to uh i i have to roll over and check my email at whatever ungodly hour of the morning i'm gonna try to call their bluff on that and say hey look you gotta have some type of proper boundary and it's probably just so there's a psychological boundary or an anxiety. I know what it's like. Yeah, I feel like I have to check my email. And in fact, even more so if I'm working for myself because it all falls on me. So how would you how would you try to navigate that so people can set the boundary to say, I mean, Raj, I remember I, I stayed at your place. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was a year ago now in Chicago. It was in August, and... oh, yeah, almost, like eight, probably six months ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Six, six, eight months ago, and you were at the foot of the couch doing your meditation and your breathing exercises <laughs> when I woke up, and I was like, good for him, good for him, but you weren't sitting there checking your emails, so how do you set those boundaries, whether you're, you know, whether you're working for somebody or not? I think a lot of it is really being honest with yourself about, is something as urgent as you're making it out to be or are you just are you are you just claiming that it's urgent and therefore falling down this path of oh i have to do this right away right away right away and i don't understand to be like be a shitty employee or anything like that or don't do your job but i would venture to say if you choose to look at an email let's say let, let's say you wake up at 7:30 in the morning i don't think the day is affected if you choose to look at that first email at 8 a.m. versus 7:32 a.m. I, I, I would find a hard time believing your boss is going to get mad at you because they sent an email like right when you woke up and you didn't respond right when you woke up. So that, that's part of it, just kind of really looking at like what is actually urgent. And then the other thing too is, you know, like I mentioned, like I do this 17 minutes meditation and this is just a completely arbitrary number. There's no science behind that. It's literally just like, I got to a point where I was like, 17 feels good. But I didn't start on day one four years ago, or three, yeah, three years ago, saying I'm going to meditate for 17 minutes. Like, I, I'm not joking. I started with, I think, three minutes. And I think actually when we were in Belize was like my first go at it when we were doing an under 30 trip um, in January of 2015. And yeah, I was just like, three minutes. Can I sit down for three minutes and not compulsively you know, get, get distracted? And three minutes worked. And then I think every month I added two to three minutes. And I got myself up to 20. And then I realized after doing 20 for a couple months that, you know what, 17 felt really good. Once I'm doing 20, I'm actually spending the last few minutes questioning if I remembered to set the clock or not, set the timer or not. So I just dropped it back to 17 where like the timer ends and I'm always surprised. Um, but it's like, again, how did I get to that point where I could like create that space was 
If you can do two minutes, if you can do 60 seconds, again, no, the world doesn't stop spinning if you decide to take a 60-second break. And then maybe you add another 60 seconds. The world still does not stop spinning if you take a two-minute break. Maybe you add on a few more minutes. The world still does not stop spinning if you take a five-minute break. And, and doing it in the morning is my thing. It doesn't have to be a morning thing for everyone. What it could be, if you're working at a company, just on your lunch break, choose to not eat lunch at your desk at, while checking email or whatever and just step outside and go for a walk for 15 minutes. If someone fires you from that, you shouldn't work for them in the first place. That's, uh, that's pretty good advice uh, right there. And I think, for me personally, it comes down to guess what people would describe as anxiety. Uh, and look, I've had my brain mapped with the QEEG twice. And you can see, I can see markers or, or the doctor uh, rather could point out things that were markers of anxiety, a little overactivity in certain regions of the brain that can produce some anxiety. And yeah, I have that type of, I wake up and I'm usually thinking about work the minute that I wake up. Now, First of all, easy strategy. My phone's not in the room, so I can't check email. Like, there's a strategy for you. Uh, but then the second thing, uh, yeah, I go and set out the, the mat and the pillow and, and go sit down and, and go into my meditation. Uh, maybe I'd probably go to the bathroom first. Uh, well, yeah. But, <laughs> I usually shower. But, and then... <laughs> but the easiest way to do it is if you go straight into it, if it's just autopilot, if it's just that's because what you that's what you do. I actually thought about it this morning when you were talking. I was like, did I do my meditation this morning? I was like, oh, yeah, of course mm -hmm. I did, because that's what I do every morning and I'll skip a day sometimes if something interrupts my morning. Like, uh, oh, I had a bad night's sleep and I didn't wake up until uh, eight and somebody was outside looking for me. So yeah, then I, I was just thrown into the middle of my day. But in general, if you put it on autopilot, I think that's, you know, if that's just what you do, if that's how you, you build the habit, um, that's very important. But what, what I wanted to ask you is how can people get out of the habit of being busy? Man, um, part of it is, at least for me, has been removing the things that create busy. And I'm sure several people on your show have said this. They do this too in the past. But like... I don't have notifications on my phone besides Uber and Lyft, right? Because I need to know when the driver is arriving. Otherwise, I'm going to get charged 10 bucks for not getting in the car. <laughs> and I'll just never get to my destination if I don't know the car is there. But, um, you know, like the text messages, um, Facebook notifications, Instagram, any of that stuff, none of that becomes an alert on my screen. So I only ever actually see those things. And as I say, I don't check my phone. I check my phone a lot during the day because it's just, it's 21st century technology. Um, but I check it because I'm checking it, not because I saw something flash out of the corner of my eye. So that's, you know, I think that's just like one thing that's helped a ton is not being predisposed to, or I guess weaning myself off this predisposition that something should be flashing in my face. Another thing too, and I think this is more so on the entrepreneur side is like, I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that like, 
when people decide to do entrepreneurship, uh, a lot, I mean, really in the startup world more than anything else, their health suffers dramatically. Uh, and then like founder depression is actually a huge you know, thing that's being talked about now. Um, so both physical and mental health. And like, on my podcast, I've had guests come on and talk about how, you know, one guy said he got to a point where he was working so much, so overworked himself so much that he went to his doctor and the doctor told him no more monkeys jumping on the bed. But he, but the doctor also told him, <laughs> um, the doctor also told him you've lost your, um, adrenaline. So if like a tiger were standing in front of you, your fight or flight system just wouldn't activate, which is pretty intense. I had another person say that he got to a point where one day he opened his eyes and physically could not get out of bed. Then he had to go to the Ooh. hospital. I had someone else. She said like, she was like staring at this like empty bottle of sleeping pills. Cause she was overworking herself. So in all of those cases, it was, that happened and like after the fact they were like, and then that was my signal to, you know, then start doing X, Y, Z. And now I live a healthier, more natural life or more relaxed life, even though I still run this company. And I, like, it, it pains me to see, to hear people be like the worst happened. And then I made a change. And I think what happens in a lot of these people's cases, and I'll say this, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an employee or whatever in between, if you, are not the type of person who is already someone who works out or who is already someone who takes care of themselves, takes care of their own health. Once things get really demanding work-wise, you don't all of a sudden say, now I should start taking care of my health. So if you're not like, if you don't precondition yourself before the work gets really demanding, you're more likely to run into those something terrible happens, then you make a change. Like you hit your low point. And I think where I've been able to have this like pretty good balance is in the fact that like when I left my job at the end of 2014, my like first priority was like, it, it wasn't like jump right into entrepreneurship. I still didn't even know if I was going to go get a new job. I was like, I'm taking a couple of months off here. Total millennial taking time off at 25. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I like those first two months when I was just like, I called it like fun employed. I was literally just like figuring out how do I want to like, how do I want to live my life? Not in like the overarching, like what job do I want to have? What money do I want to make? All that stuff, et cetera. It was just like, how do I want to live day to day? And that's where it was like, okay, let me put away the phone or let me, let me not look at my phone when I wake up. Um, let me start working out every day. Let me meditate every day. So that way, like then, then went into my last business ideal and that got pretty demanding. But even as it was so demanding, I was still like the routine I had already built in was yoga meditation. So even as the work got demanding, I didn't shove aside the yoga meditation aspect. And then that's kind of been my MO the last three years now. Like I said, I had you know a month slip up, but it wasn't a long-term concern for me because in my head, I'm like, I know I'll get back on track. Cause that's how I, that's like essentially how my body is wired now. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I keep thinking about uh, my 90 year old grandmother. No, sorry. Sorry, Grammy. She's, <laughs> I believe she's 89. Uh, I didn't mean to, 
to say 90 so soon. Uh, that's not till <laughs> September. But look, we had a situation. We had a situation where uh, she took a spill. In fact, so she just stopped driving uh, because we had to convince her to, of course, like any stubborn old person. But we had it. We had a situation. So she's always been in really good shape, and you know, unless you're in really good shape then you, you want to make sure you're as high up as possible so that when things start to decline, you are already at a good point and it's okay. You can't like find out you're sick and then all of a sudden try to get into shape. I mean, that's very, very difficult. Or you can't be 90 and break your hip and then try to go to physical therapy and, and think that you're going to uh, walk again unless you could unless you were used to walking in the first place so you know my my grandmother she she scared the shit out of Louis my girlfriend she uh she was gonna drive Louis to the airport I told her not to get in the car with my grandmother she's uh, <laughs> too nice and my my grandmother goes outside and uh she puts her bag in the in the trunk she's got an SUV and she reaches up and she slams it she slams the the trunk and she lost her balance and she rolled out into like, she lost her balance and she fell out into the streets. And uh, Louis said she came outside and sees my grandma. She had just like just happened and sees my grandma sprawled out in the middle of the street. And she's like, oh my God, what, like Grammy, what happened? Anyway, she got up and she was fine. But why? Because she had taken good care of herself up to that point and so it whether you go into war or your battle with into entrepreneurship or whatever it is you know if you get you get sick right like Raj, you had a good baseline um of health already you know fitness already so you have a bum month it's midwinter in, in uh chicago i get it but now it's march you get a little sunlight and you're feeling better about yourself and so that is one thing that I, I wanted to, to point out um, just because, man, it's, it's hard to recover for, for someone like that. Even for, even for young people, you come down with the flu and then you got to start back over. It's really tough to get back on track. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of something like that is like you said, if you have a good baseline, you know what you can like get back to. And I think but even within that is this notion or idea that let's say, you know, let's say you're knocked out for, you know, four days cause you got the flu. You have to almost like treat whatever you're getting back into then health wise. And this is like, you know, very like yogic, right. But as this just like journey that you're on, right. You're not trying to necessarily accomplish something. You're just trying to do the thing. Um, like one, you know, it's like in my, my classes that I teach, a lot of times I'll be like, I love that we call this a yoga practice, not a yoga game or a yoga match. Cause like, there's nothing you can win here. There's just something you can keep working on forever. And no matter how good quote unquote you get at it, there's always something more. Uh, and there, there is no necessarily like perfection at any point. So if you look at, you know, whatever your health pursuit is in that fashion, and you don't, I mean, I guess, yeah, you want to have like goals. Um, let's say like weight loss is a goal or whatever, like building muscle is a goal. Yeah, you can have those goals. But if you're only just focused on the end number and you get sidetracked 
now the end number gets farther away. And then it starts to seem, well, I can't do that because now I'm behind by five days. Versus if it is that journey, if it is that practice mentality, not a game, not a game, practice. <laughs> if it is practice, you can come back the next day. No, I completely agree. And I always think of it as practice because this is something, like you said, you're practicing, but you're practicing for real life. You're trying to be mindful or you're trying to be Zen for real life when something actually pops up that you need to keep your shit together or, or, or you've exercised a lot, okay, right, to try to get yourself in good physical condition, but you're practicing for running for that cheetah when he sneaks up in, on you in the jungle or like in that jaguar, like snuck up in, on Raj. Uh, no, uh, not on me. Deb, <laughs> on Deb when we were in the, in the rainforest. So right, he claims. Shout out a couple. Yeah, that's what he claims. Yeah. All right. So I want to shout out a couple of people because we got good participation uh, coming in the comments here on Facebook Live. Uh, we've got Ilya watching. Tanya's coming in from Austin. We got Pam No. Cesar Romero coming in from Key West. Kendra from South Dakota. Abby Lerner. Uh, we've got Miner coming. He says, He doesn't understand anything, but he's still watching. That was nice of him. Uh, <laughs> Travis from La Fortuna is coming in. And uh, Sagar uh, is saying the hardest thing, uh, especially in the medical field, is to teach or influence motivation, how to motivate someone to take charge of their life. Uh, it's, yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, it's, it's very difficult if you don't have that intrinsic motivation to get motivated or, or how you teach that. I completely agree. And one other person, Stephanie, too, is coming in. She was just down here in Costa Rica, and she was on our trip to Belize, she says oh that's stephanie dose okay she's got dose as her last name now she's just yeah. using different languages to say the number two <laughs> she did she did pretty pretty clever and mac brown is coming in um okay so so raj if people are if people are listening and they're trying to i kind of i call it my residual level of fitness especially when i travel i've talked about this i think when on the podcast before, but especially when I travel, I train harder in the couple weeks going up to that because I know I'm probably not going to do a whole lot when I travel. Mm. And then, yeah, if I go on a hike, I'm still not winded or I can just do some, I can just be active and feel like I'm kind of staying in shape and not, uh, not feel like I need to, Oh, go hunt out, hunt down a gym three or four times during that week. Um, but if people want to make this form habits and build practices, as you say, I mean, I asked you how you get out of the habit of being busy. All right. Now, how do you, how do you build habits or practices in your own life? Hmm. All right. Wait, can you package that question a little bit differently? Sure. Sure. Okay. So before, for example, before I talked about, all right, easy way for me to build a habit is how, how do I not check my phone the first thing in the morning? Well, because my phone is in the other room, right? My phone is not on my path between my bed, the bathroom and the meditation cushion, right? And so I'm not going to pick it up until after. So how do you make sure and it's on airplane mode and the Wi-Fi is off? 
Raj, your, your Wi-Fi better be off when you're sleeping. I know I, I told you. Only because you told sleep. me. And I don't remember it every time, but sometimes I remember. But it's in the other room, so that helps. Dude, go on Amazon. Give me your address. I'll spend the $5 on a timer, right, and make the world a more ecologically friendly place. Save the electricity so you don't fry your balls while you're sleeping with the electromagnetic fields from the Wi-Fi. Send well, me your address. <laughs> well, I'm in my current apartment, I don't even have control. The Wi-Fi is in the upstairs, which is where someone else lives. So, But I can at least turn it off on my phone, right, and on my computer. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's good. That's good. All right. So, so how do you build habits? So this is like, so this isn't like revelatory by any means, but it, it's so much of it is just like starting small. Um, you can't try and like, what do they say? Like you can't like boil the ocean. Right. So just pick like one little thing. And what's the, like the littlest execution of that? You know, like I mentioned before, like, can you sit down quietly for 60 seconds? Like, they try to tell us that in preschool when they, when they want us to calm down, right? <laughs> Can you just go back to preschool and sit down quietly for 60 seconds? Um, but the other part of it, too, is, and, and, like, as much as you can create these little steps and systems and everything, the systems have to play nice with one another, right? So you cannot expect to successfully say, I am just going to eat, so let's say, salads during the week. But you work for Deloitte and, they're, and you're traveling five days a week and you're staying in hotels and your clients want to take you out to dinner every night of the week, right? Like, that's just not going to work. So, again, the systems have to play nice with one another. So look at, like, what is the actual, like, scope of everything that you do and how can one thing feed the other, um, you know, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> um, so like, let's take the Deloitte example. I'm going to see if I can do this on the spot here. Let, let's say you're traveling three, four days a week, but you're expecting to eat healthier. Maybe instead of I need to eat a salad every night for dinner, maybe you say, but it's a, but it's a situation where like you have to be out pretty much for dinner. Can you instead be like, you know what? How about for breakfast? I'll bring some, I'll pack some like protein powder with me and I'll make a protein shake and I'll go to the market and I'll get like a bunch of bananas. And just every morning my breakfast will be the protein shake and the banana. Cause you actually got control over that time and you're not going to be that like asshole. Who's going to tell the Deloitte people or tell the clients like I'm actually on this diet right now. So I'm going to pass on the dinner invitation, even though it's the reason why I'm out here in the first place and you need to have a good impression of our company. I'm going to say no to you. Like you don't really have control over that situation. So like pick the spots where you do have control over so that again, the systems can play nice with one another. And I think like one thing begets the next thing too. So um, for me, if I'm actively choosing to not look at my phone or email or anything before nine o'clock, that also opens the window to you know what I can do in that time before nine o'clock if I decide to not work right away? I can go take a class. I can go take a yoga class. Or I can go take whatever exercise class I want because I've already designated that time as the not be time. Um, Jason Bay, who you know, he's a good friend of mine too. He's really good at shutting things down. 
like I think once it gets to like six o'clock every day, he just whatever he's doing, he just closes the computer. He's like, oh, day's done. I'm terrible at that, especially because I work from home a lot, and it's really hard to separate when work ends and life begins. Um, I don't know if you ever experienced that when, when you're on your laptop, but um, Jason's really good at just being like, you know what, the day ends here, and as a result, the systems he's developed are to support a day that ends at six o'clock, not to encourage a day that continues after six o'clock. Sure, sure. And uh, I'm pretty good at it, but I do check my messages intermittently. Like I'm really good at airplane mode. Nobody can call me. I mean, I'm because I'm on airplane mode and yeah, it bothers them, but I also check my messages frequently enough that I'm not going to miss anything too. To, I'm not going to miss anything by more than a couple hours in mm-hmm. most cases. Right. And, and there's certain points where people just know, Oh, is it uh, after 5 PM and before whatever, if it's between five and 8 PM, yeah, there's a good chance I might miss something, but that's because I'm either going to the beach, going to the gym, uh, eating, or I mean, that's it. That, that's what I do between 5 and 8 p.m. I mean, mainly. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and also I wanted to mention uh, two micro strategies there, or tactics rather, that people can use uh, for, oh, I'm, I'm out with, at Deloitte. I need to go and eat in front of my client. People ask me all the time, you know, we'll be going out to dinner, and I'll be sitting there eating beforehand. I'm like, why are you eating? We're going out to dinner. And I'll say, because we're going out to dinner. So <laughs> I'll try to, you know, put down a, a shake or, or something healthy. And so then I can eat light when, when I'm out or really pick and choose um, or in, intermittent fasting. So, all right. Well, I know that the hotel's breakfast is going to be, you know, croissants and some uh gluten stuff that i'm not gonna eat and and sugary stuff well okay well then i'm just not gonna eat and then i'll eat double for for lunch when i'm really hungry and you know there's huge health uh positive things for your health when when you're looking at at that as well but back to back to getting on the topic uh raj i know that what we've, we've gone down talking about habits and practices and different ways to to react in those type of strategies but I wanted to talk specifically about how people can be more authentic um, so that they can sell themselves. Because I know that's what you do for a living. Uh, maybe not exactly in those words, but you coach people in this aspect of, of presenting themselves. Uh, and you're a great presenter yourself. I mean, you're a rapper and a podcaster and uh, you do those both. I've seen you live on, on both of doing both of those things. So could you talk a little bit more about that? We didn't dive too much into mindfulness, but the, the idea of where I wanted to go with all this is, okay, you begin to understand yourself. We talked more about yoga and meditation than, than maybe we, we should have, uh, but okay. People become more self-aware. People become more mindful, but now they want to, show the world so they worked on their their inner game if you will and now they want to present to the world who they are but being authentic where they can actually say yes true yes truly this is me and now i want to share whatever my pitch is or whatever my mission is or whatever uh, i have to promote so could you talk a little bit more about what you do uh i won't say between nine and five but (laughs) 
because it's usually like between like seven and ten. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, my main line of work with my company, Raj Nation Innovation, is specifically just built around working with startups and helping them not suck at telling their story so they can go pitch investors and get customers. Um, very much like the Will Smith movie Hitch, uh, but, like, but I'm just like the hitch for startups. Now, Excellent. now within Excellent. that, then, like, you know, to your point of how do you talk about yourself more authentically, et cetera, like, it's – here's kind of what it comes down to, right? Like, I mean, in my line of work, it's, I'm specifically focused on, like, the startup entrepreneur and how do they talk to investors and how do they um, talk to customers, that kind of stuff. Um, but if I can extrapolate that out of just like the investment, you know, startup funding world and into the more just like general realm, the idea here is people are going to want to talk to you if they feel like you're both on the, on the same wavelength and you can get on the same wavelength with someone if you talk to them less around, I mean, obviously you want to have like the tactical, like you know, my job is this or my company is this or whatever. Right. But if you can like just start to have really valuable conversations with them around a topic you both care about, that goes a long way. Um, you know, one of the proponent, I've been a proponent for several years now of like leading with your why, um, because you're essentially telling someone like, Hey, here's what I care about at the end of the day. And that's why I do these things. And that's why I have this job. That's why I have this company, et cetera. Um, it is way harder to keep up with, to keep a front and have to keep up with who have you given that front to than to just be like, this is who I am. <laughs> and to just roll with that. Cause that's natural to you and you know who you are. So if you go more with that mentality, uh, you start to just develop more genuine, natural uh, connections with people. Okay. So what if you don't like who that person is? Mm. Interesting. What if you don't like who that person is? Um, well, first off, change it. <laughs> uh, no, but, but in like reality even if you don't like what you're doing today or you necessarily don't like the person you are today, there's something that like you, if you take a step back and look at like, what do you really care about? Um, that generally is consistent throughout your entire life that there's one or two unifying sources. There's this like, there's this central why behind everything that you've cared about that you do. And if you channel more of that, you will start to gradually change the, you know, the who am I today or like the what am I doing today? You know, like for the last, I don't know, four or five years, really every like major decision I've made has been focused, has been led with, does it fulfill on my why? Which I said earlier was the idea of expression and storytelling, right? Um, if it takes me away from that, like, like, that's the place where I make a lot of major decisions from. And that's where, you know, like when I hit a crossroads a couple of years ago, when my first business was, um, we went out of business or we shut down the business and I didn't know what was next. Um, 
you know, I did look at a couple, not job offers, but like job conversations in my head. I was like, yeah, like I could do that, but I don't think like, I'm, I'm probably going to get bored in a few weeks. Cause I don't think it's really like fulfilling the why. And it's more of a long-term game in the sense of like, you've got to be willing to hold out for certain things and say no to certain things. But I mean, at least I've found like the rewards ultimately are much better. Like you feel better about yourself day to day. Um, and you kind of know that no matter how bad things might get, something's always going to prevail. And you, how do I put it? Something's always going to prevail and you're never like done either. So I, I done in the sense of like what I'm doing today with my business. I know I'm just doing it today. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be doing it in five, 10 years, but I know whatever I do next is going to continue to fulfill the why. And I'm not so concerned with the fact that um, this company I have now is not, is going, is not going to feed me for the rest of my life. Maybe it might, but I, I have a good idea. I have a pretty good idea knowing my own personality. I'm probably going to get interested in something else at some point and want to do that instead. I mean, fingers crossed, the ultimate goal is to write for the WWE. <laughs> Shout out. I'm wearing my Austin 316 t-shirt today, by the way, because it is, in fact, Stone Cold Day, March 16th. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Caesar's going to like that. I know he was watching. Uh, okay, we have a great question coming in from Stephanie, too. She says, Raj, what if... What if your story or your why may be seen as something too personal or oversharing? Um, I have an idea of where that question's coming from because I know Stephanie. Um, you, don't you don't have to go into this being like, I have to share every detail of my personal story and I have to say it on day one. It is more about like, what is the key like value that was derived out of that personal story. And can you communicate that more often um, versus I work at blank, right? We all have jobs, great. What's beneath that job? What is the thing that makes you wake up in the morning to actually, not, and even if you hate your job, what's the thing that gets you excited about the things you do enjoy, right? Like let's say, I don't know, you love shooting hoops on the weekends. What is the thing that makes you like put everything else down to go shoot hoops besides like the physical, you know, whatever love of the game thing? Like what value do you carry into that? Is it, you know, is it perhaps that above all else, like you love the competitive spirit? Um, is it the fact that you love uniting teams? Those kinds of things. Um, that is more, the, the, you know, the why is not one particular event. So like, I didn't say my why is helping startups tell their story, right? That to me is an execution of something. The why is the centerpiece that allows all the executions to take place. So for me, it's expression, you know, for other people, it's been like, um, it's been, uh, problem solving or like overcoming challenges or things like that. Right. Um, shattering expectations that you don't necessarily have to like get into the personal story to be able to share that. You know what? 
I'm all about shattering expectations. Like, you know, I've hit roadblocks in my life and I don't like being held back or people perceiving me as one thing when I'm not. And, you know, everything that I do, I'm out here to, to shatter expectations and break the mold. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, cool. Well, Stephanie, I hope that answers your question. Captain Randy is in the house. My dad's coming in. Dan Ooh. Savage. Uh, my dad says hello. Dan Savage uh, has been on a couple under 30 experiences trips, including here to Costa Rica. So good to, to see him. Stephanie says, thank you, Raj. Uh, okay, Raj. So before we, before we wrap up, um, I'm trying, I don't want to ask you the same question again, but I want to get to the core. I want to get to the core of what it is that you do because you help people, pre you help people present themselves. So they have a story, they have a mission, they have an idea, they have a company mm -hmm. and you're like the hitch and you try to help them present themselves. So other people take the bait, yeah. uh, but I'd like to, you know, maybe if people aren't working on a, on a startup, it's, this is also very relatable to people who are, you know, well, you've mentioned hitch dating, right? Or people who are just trying to uh, advance their careers in other ways, rather than, you know, just raising money, for example, um, or somebody is just trying to sell themselves with more confidence in their everyday life, uh, what overarching advice might you have for them? Hmm. Overarching, overarching advice across any of this stuff. Um, in, you mean in terms of being able to like more or less talk about yourself authentically? Exactly. So I, I think it's a couple things. One is, um, really figure out like what is the thing that i mean i've said it like already right like what is that like why what is that thing central thing you care about start communicating that more because you will start to find you'll start to align yourself with people who are also you know in that boat too like your professional network will then ultimately reflect that alignment of values that you have uh but what's paired with that as well is you know, like have people who are going to like push you to achieve that thing that you say you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't think you can achieve something if everyone who you talk, who's, who you're talking to is telling you it's not worth it. Right. Um, also what goes into this equation as well is basically you want to, like, I, you know, I've talked about, like, vulnerability on your show before, right? Like, I did, like, the TED Talk about that a few years ago. There is a, a fine line of this vulnerability aspect, though, of authenticity and vulnerability, in the sense of you don't want to be the person who is always out there, like, just talking about the bad things that are happening. Because people just, like, why do you want to be a drag, right? I'm not saying, like, don't share your emotions, don't, but, like, know who you can go to for those things. And don't just like go blasting to everyone like, oh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Have a specific person or group of people for that. But understand like there's a lot of power in being able to put a smile on your face and try to receive energy from other people rather than displace your own bad energy onto them. 
I, I like that. And now I have a follow-up question. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep you, Raj, no, but this is something that I, I struggle with myself. So as we've been talking, I, I try to stay mindful and I try to not reinforce if I'm in a, in a, if something upsets me, right? I try not to, I don't hold it in, but I try not to talk about it. I try not to vent. I try not to bitch about it for lack of a better term, because I don't want to, that to me just seems to ingrain those ideas deeper into my head. I think it's very important that everybody has an outlet, right? And, you know, it can, there's lots of ways that you can let that out. But for me personally, I think of uh, going to my cave and having my masculine time away from everybody. And that's when I can just let go of whatever. But occasionally, I just need to just let some things off my chest. Uh, you know, usually the person that I go to is Jared, my business partner, <laughs> right? And, and I've known the guy since fourth grade. And so he knows and he's very level headed. Um, but I try not to reiterate what's bothering me over and over again, because it kind of makes it bigger, it makes it worse. It's it that negativity expands on itself. Uh, so my question for you is, who do you talk to? Because I've done plenty of podcasts where we've talked about, yes, you do need somebody to talk to, especially if you're, you're in a deep, dark place. I'm not talking about that place. I'm talking about just, hey, I got a lot of stuff going on and I really want to complain about it right now and I want it to be okay. But how do you balance that uh, where you have someone to talk to and it's okay to let it out, but you don't get too wrapped up in those emotions because when you feel that emotion, and then you just dig into it more and more, it can kind of compound on itself and get worse. Would you agree? What would you tell me here? What are some of the things that you get riled up about that you're referring to here? Uh, sure. Okay. So, on the well, I, I told you this one. I lost my damn – where is it? Hang on. <laughs> uh, before the podcast, I lost the stupid iPhone thing. Yeah. And that pissed me off. And so I actually – I cursed Steve Jobs – name while I was scrambling to look at that. And I was like, is that nice? The man was just trying to make a shitload of money. Off of <laughs> you know, he, he didn't make the decision to get rid of the new little thing. So that pissed me off. Uh, the attorney that I was talking to before was 30 minutes late. And so it pushed it up against. But you this. are in Costa Rica where everyone's late. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Pico time. Like I, I, I tell myself this all the time. And then you know, and then also then I kind of got upset with myself because, yeah, like you said, I am in Costa Rica. Things are going to be slower here. I try to pack in every last second and I accomplished what I needed to accomplish. And I was only three minutes late for our call and I was really pumped about it, but I was stressed out and probably stressing out the people around me. And so these are my, this is nothing that I can't get over, but I don't want to just be complaining over it. Oh, poor me. You live in Costa Rica, you have all this bad stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not that person. So that's specifically what pisses me off sometimes. Okay. So, I mean, some of these are like minute, right? Like, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling anyone, if you stub your toe, don't be like, oh, the universe wanted it that way. It's okay. Like, just, you know, yell a curse word. I do that all the time, right? Uh, there are little things that frustrate me. Um, it's more so a matter of like, 
a lot of times the way, and I, like, it's not good to like bottle things up by any means, but a lot of times, like, I just kind of, like, I start to like, I've started to, pr- and I would say meditation has probably been the root cause of this or root reason. Yeah. I look at a lot of things that like might have really upset me in the past. And I kind of look at it over through a lens of like, can I control that or no? And is it necessary for that thing to ruin my day? So like a good example is in traffic. Okay. Um, let's say I'm like, I don't know, like this happened to me one time where I was driving down like a residential street and there was like a school zone and the person behind me started honking cause I wasn't going fast enough. And then actually like sped up alongside me and, and overtook me. And in my head, I'm like, right. So it's my fault that you didn't get up in time to go to work today, uh, to get to work today on time. And now you're late to your meeting. It's my fault that I'm driving the speed limit. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you can kind of like, you can let that ruin your day or you could just like almost just treat it with like comedic humor instead and realize that like, Hey, you know what? They're just assuming, they're just not assuming responsibility in this case. And that can't, like, that's not my problem that they're not assuming responsibility. Um, you know, if someone's late to a meeting, like by 30 minutes in your case, it's like, you know what you, 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 st- you decide to step into that culture of Tico time in Costa Rica where, that's that's like the lay of the land, you know, like meetings are just kind of like suggestions, meeting, meeting times are suggestions. Um, I also think, too, that if you treat this in, in, with that lens of, you know, do I have control over it? Yes or no. If it's something you have control over, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, you know, like, it's okay. Like, get mad at yourself. It's fine. But also understand it's like it's a moment in time and there's another moment in time coming about. And I don't say any of this to be like, I am this like levitating enlightened person by any means. Um, I definitely get mad at things. I definitely, um, you know, things piss me off too. But I, you know, I I try to look at a lot of these things under that lens of, you know, is this something I had control over and is it worth getting that wrapped up or yeah, getting that wrapped up in, um, you know, like, you know, and I, and it's funny that you say this stuff because I remember a couple of years ago when you were in Chicago for a couple of days, you were going to come meet me. We were going to take a yoga class and you were like running late. Um, it was probably like two minutes before class time. And then you called and you were like, I'm it's like, there's a good chance I can make it there like on the dot or one minute late, but I'm just going to be like really flustered and I don't like rushing into a yoga class. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty impressive that that was your response. So that's, I mean, like understand you, whatever you just got mad about, you also have that other side to you too. That's just like, you can also go with the flow more or less. Of course, of course. And then that's when I start to get secretly upset with myself is because, Oh no, uh, I'm usually this calm, mindful person. And I don't want the rest of the world to see what I'm really pissed off about, but, and, and pissed off is all relative. Nothing like anger that I used to feel. It's like, I'm, I'm worried about my, my stupid headphones. Say hey, that's, that's yeah. not a big deal at all. And it, it lasted, it lasted for about 30 seconds. And I said, I, I think I said two curse words. Um, so Raj, you are my guru. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but, but you are, <laughs> 
You are the man. Uh, I appreciate it. Where can people hear your podcast, learn about your work, and reach out to you directly? My podcast is called Discover Your Inner Awesome. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, uh, migrating off of SoundCloud, actually. So not SoundCloud, <laughs> very shortly. Um, and then at our website, discoveryourinnerawesome.com, you can find all of my work, my stuff with Raj Nation Innovation, the startup stuff, um, the yoga, the music. Um, I have one landing page at therajnation.com. And if you go to that page, it'll give you a link to any of the websites and any of the work that I do. Raj, it's been a pleasure as always. Special thank, thank you to everybody who joined in. Hey, are you looking for an adventure? Are you looking to take your life to the next level to reflect, to retreat, to figure out what the next steps for you are? If so, I would love for you to come to Bali, Indonesia with me and my girlfriend and yoga teacher, Luz Garcia. We are staying in the Malayang village in an amazing villa, and we want a dozen people to come with us this September 30th for this yoga and mindfulness retreat to combine it with some incredible adventure on this sacred island, the island of gods, as they call it. Uh, we're going to have cultural experiences that we have set up over the last five years operating on the island of Bali uh, through under 30 experiences, going into the homes and temples of the local people. We're going to have a uh, children's orchestra lesson. Uh, we have really nice little causes that we support in this village in Bali. It's going to be an incredible experience. If you want more information, you can email me directly, maddenunder30experiences.com, and no, you do not have to be under 30. We are an inclusive group rather than an exclusive group, and if you are a podcast listener, that would be amazing to have you out there. We're going to throw out $100 off right now using the code LIVEDIFFERENT, and I would love to take our relationship to the next level and have you be part of our community. Check it out, under30experiences.com.